What's going on, guys, and welcome to Convos with God, where I talk with spiritual leaders about how to connect with God on the most intimate level to break strongholds over your life and live out your best life. Faith is something we can't see, we can't hear, and we can't feel. But without it, it seems as if though we have nothing. I'm on a journey to have conversations with the most spiritually sound people in the world to understand how to become your highest self. In this episode, I sit down with Ashley Warfel and open up a conversation about the topic of relationships. The relationships we have in our life are so important and essential for us to live a full, abundant life. So the first half, we dive into her testimony and sort of the reason why she has this framework on how to cultivate a godly, successful, and flourishing romantic relationship in marriage. And then we segue a bit and dive into the true purpose of marriage, as well as sort of guidelines and thoughts on what is essential to create an anointed and blessed marriage. I hope you enjoy this one. So without further ado, welcome our guest, Ashley Warfel, talking about cultivating successful relationships and godly marriages. Coming in and leading young adults at Christ Fellowship, um, really kind of the passion to do that uh, spawned from my past, as you mentioned. Um, I moved here from Kentucky three years ago now. It's weird, it's been that long. Um, and immediately jumped into serving with young adults as a young adult leader. I was a little bit older, I was 28, and it was neat to be serving and leading people that were, you know, ages 18 to late 20s, because I feel like I had walked quite a bit significantly. Um, kind of walked ahead of a lot of the young adults um, in regards to relationships, and I'll just expand on that. Um, when I was 21 in Kentucky, I was a, a junior in college, and I met a guy, and um, you know, I grew up in a Christian household. I knew, you know, God's Word, sort of. I wasn't a student of God's Word, but I knew it enough to declare myself as a Christian. Um, but knowing God intimately as far as having like a one-on-one personal relationship with Him and knowing, you know, where He wanted my life to go, mm. um, I kind of had just went my own way. Um, wanted to do things my way um, and thought that, you know, God was kind of there when I needed him, kind of like your, you know, just your, your buddy when mm-hmm. you need something. And um, did you feel that at the time? Like or? sort of lukewarm, probably. Yeah. Like looking back, I could say, okay, there was God was hunting me down for uh-huh. sure, and he, you know, was leaving the ninety nine to chase after me and chase uh-huh. after my whole heart, not my half heart. And um, so, yes, looking back in the moment, no, right. <laughs> twenty one years old, you just want to do what you want to do and I was in school and I was like oh I'm getting attention from a guy you know how, how great is this you know and um, wanted I did want to be married and I wasn't um, like a lot of college girls and sororities that were going out and doing hookups and that kind of thing I was you know quote unquote a good girl um, not doing the crazy stuff but um, still it was enough to where I was craving that attention from a guy that was unhealthy mm-hmm. um, and Part of that um, was not understanding truly who God was, like his full character. I knew enough, but not enough to understand his full character and thus not understanding my own identity. Um, So there was a lot of insecurity and needing approval from the opposite sex. And um, so I met this guy and it was a very toxic relationship from the beginning. Uh, He declared Christianity as well. He, you know, had on paper, everything that you were taught to want, you know. He had the degrees, mm-hmm. he had um, the looks, you know, he went to church. He was actually a um, a high school, Sunday school teacher. Wow. So, you know, from the outside looking yeah, in, for sure. great guy. Yeah. Um, and before I just continue, I'm, I'm not here to, like, um, tarnish his character or who he was. But just to explain what I walked through, so... Yeah, um, very much so. But, yeah, very abusive in many ways, um, the relationship from the beginning, and I knew it wasn't healthy. Um, And it just continued to progress, and I didn't know how to get out of it. Um, And so, after three and a half years, we got engaged. um, And then, a year after that, we got married. And in July of 2015, so we hadn't even been married a full year, actually, I found out he was having an affair with a friend of mine. Mm. Um, And then I really turned to God fully, you know, Mm. when you kind of hit rock bottom and are really desperate. And then for six months after that moment, 
really chased after God with everything I had in me because I was I was desperate. You know, mm. like the woman with the issue of blood, she was desperate and she reached out with everything yeah. she had. You, you reach know? your turning point. You do. You really do. And so um, I, I did everything that I could do and was waiting for God to do what he could do and do the impossible. Mm. And I, so February of 2016, um, so four years now, um, God just, he showed up. And I, I prayed and prayed that he would save my marriage. He, he didn't. Um, but I'm so thankful that he didn't. Um, mm-hmm. I found out about a second affair, and I heard the audible voice of God through that tragedy, and he told me to let go. And it was okay to move on. And um, I think I really began to understand who God was from that destruction and that mess and that abuse because, you know, he is so much bigger than rules mm-hmm. and what we teach as a religion or Christianity, you know, like I had heard so often, I grew up in the Bible Belt, so it's probably even more prevalent there, like, oh, divorce is awful, don't yeah. get divorced. And you shouldn't aim for that. But at the same time, God is not going to want you to stick in a relationship where you're being abused Yeah. Um, in, in many ways. Like, you cannot live your full abundant life. And in the six-month time period where I had found out about the first affair and the second affair, I really wrestled with that and what... God wanted and the pressures, the myths, um, the things that Christians say and, you know, beg God to change him and change the situation. Um, cause I do believe in repentance and I do believe in reconciliation, yeah. um, yeah. for marriages. So I just want to preface everything with that. Um, that just wasn't the case for my story. Um, you know, he had been trying, God had been trying to extract me from that relationship mm. from the moment I stepped into it. Um, and I didn't listen. And mm. I just, and looking back now, I realized I was more in love with the idea of marriage than the actual guy, because the guy from the beginning was, you know, I saw maybe the potential in him, mm-hmm. but the person himself, I did not see clearly. And that's my fault. Yeah. And that's back to going my own way, not letting God rule in this area of my life, mostly because I didn't want to be patient and let him pick him out. I was eager, like I said, to be married and I had made marriage an idol. And I think a lot of young people do that. And then they find themselves in a situation that this is not what God had planned for them. And it's, it's so interesting. We hear, um, in the Bible, it says, you know, let man not separate what God has joined, but God has kind of been revealing to me, um, you know, like, let man not join what God hasn't anointed. Wow. And um, what's just so interesting is, as he's been unpacking that in my heart, there were so many ways where God did not um, anoint that marriage, down to the fact that the pastor never actually signed our marriage certificate. Hmm. It was forged by my ex-husband. So it, it just, down to the, all these little details um, that happened, um, it just shows me that God, you know, yes, God wants healthy marriages for all of us and doesn't want a marriage to end in divorce. Mm-hmm. And, but at the same time, he would, he wants us to follow his plan and trust him with everything. And if we mess up, God will correct it, you know? Yeah. And, um, so since then, um, I moved right after, um, my divorce was finalized in May of 2016. God turned, I, I just surrendered everything, um, to him and was like, all right, well, you got me through this. So what now? And he, within months, new job, new place to live, moved me down here, new church. Um, and that's when I would say I was really following after God with my whole Mm. heart, not holding anything back, not giving him one area of my life. Um, but every area. Mm -hmm. And, um, since then I've really started to learn about, um, marriage relationships, you know, what I believe God wants for all of us. And I don't want to see any other young adult or anyone really for that matter, but God has put on my heart specifically this age group, Mm -hmm. um, young adults to walk through a difficult relationship. Um, I want, I would love to see healthy marriages that reflect the heart of God. And so that's kind of because of all the things I did wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very passionate to yeah. help other people not walk through that. Yeah, that's good. Well, you know, unfortunately, that's how it works, right? Yeah. Like, because you had a relationship that didn't go so well, you've become extremely, like, wise in this area, right? Because you chose to immerse yourself in, like, knowledge. You chose to immerse yourself in, like, biblical truths on how to have a successful relationship and marriage. And I know a lot of people around here look for you for advice, 
and counseling like in this area you know so i'm super excited to like dive into this area specifically um so one thing you said i wanted to bring out as you were talking was you know during that time i didn't really know god's character so i didn't really know my identity mm-hmm. you know there's a direct correlation yeah, between you know really understanding god's character to the core and knowing your you know identity mm-hmm. i'd love for you to elaborate on that a bit you know the more you dove in after god and really understood who he was you really started to understand who you were yeah absolutely right? i mean he created us yeah <laughs> so the only way to know yourself is to go to your creator um and I mean, I think it's as simple as that and mm-hmm. diving into his word. Um, we were put on this earth to be a reflection of him, to be a reflection of Jesus Christ. So, and the only way we can reflect him is to know him. Just like you, you know, you sit down with a friend, you know, the only way to really get to know your friend is to spend time with them. And, you know, the relationship with Jesus is a little bit different than a relationship with a friend because Jesus is in you, you mm-hmm. know, and, mm-hmm. um, so that's intimately a part of you. And so he can reveal your entire character to you. And I mean, I'm still learning, you know, mm-hmm. uh, about myself and my identity and I still deal with insecurity. So even though, you know, this journey you can be on and you say like, okay, well, I want to know God's character so I can know my identity. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a lifelong what process. What does that look like? You know, yeah. I don't, I don't want anyone to get, um, you know, the wrong idea of like, oh, okay, well, I want to know myself entirely. And think that, oh, I'll chase after God and I'll wake up and it's done. It's a process um, to know God fully. And he's constant. And that's the amazing thing about God. He's constant revealing new sides of his character. Um, And then in return, new things about yourself, Mm -hmm. Um, things that you didn't know you could do and things you didn't know that um, you were strong in. And then even pointing out the not so fun side, but weaknesses and things that he wants to cultivate and grow you in. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, I think it's just a process and... um, it's just it's reaping what you sow if you pour your time into chasing after god you're not gonna return empty you're gonna learn Mm -hmm. about yourself in return so in 2015 2016 you you went through this period of time when you were it seems like you were almost attaching like shame and guilt to the the fact you wanted a divorce and like you really wanted it to work you Mm -hmm. know and you, you were wrestling with the fact like Christians aren't supposed to get divorced and you're really trying to reconcile that and that's a such a tough choice or a decision to make and I appreciate you like being vulnerable and talking about it on here Um, but at the end of the day like life is all about choices and like the decisions you make and some of them are harder than others Um, but the thing is like we've all been given free will and we all have the ability to make decisions or sometimes not make decisions right um, so my question really quick is like, how, how do we discern and like make those hard decisions that lead us in the most like aligned direction? And I can almost answer my question, which is like knowing God, <laughs> right. right? Knowing yeah. God's character allows us to really discern things the yeah. best way possible. Um, and, and that's for me. Um, I mean, I can't give a solid answer to that other than what you just said, knowing mm-hmm. God and following after him. Um, you know, do you trust him wholly? Mm-hmm. You know, if you trust him completely, then you don't really have to worry about you know, what the direction life's going to take you. And it's going to take you in something completely unexpected. Um, I had, you know, a full plan for my life. I was going to mm. graduate college, have the perfect marriage with the perfect house, the picket fence, the dog, the kids, and the career. Well, that's not, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's not what God wanted. <laughs> but, you know, is my life any less than that? No, it's infinitely better. It's more abundant. It's more fulfilling. Is it hard? Yes, it's absolutely hard. Um, in that time period from July 2015 to February 2016, that was one of the toughest decisions of my life. You know, I, and I remember after I found out about the first affair, I went and filed for divorce immediately. I was like, oh, you know, God's word says, mm-hmm. you know, there's an affair, you get divorced, then mm-hmm. I'm free. And honestly, it was oddly looking back, I was really relieved because the infidelity was just the, kind of the, the nail that broke the camel's back mm. um, or the straw, not the nail. Close, close. <laughs> I, I was straw, like, nail. Nail, whatever. Mm. A small item. <laughs> <laughs> um, there was so much toxic behavior that had been going on for years that I had just been hiding from the outside world. I was ashamed. Nobody knew. Um, everyone was like, oh, they're the perfect Christian couple. Mm. And so I thought it was something that it, it was my doing. Something was wrong with me. Um, 
so yeah, I did wrestle with the decision a little bit because, you know, I'm, I'm like, well, yeah, okay, I have the ability to go get divorced, but should I? That mm-hmm. was, I went and filed for divorce, met with a lawyer, um, and something just stopped me. And God said, literally, just was like, wait, just wait mm-hmm. and have faith. And I was like, I don't want to wait, you know? So I'm thinking, oh, God's going to restore all of this, and we're going to have this amazing story. Um, there's going to be significant change um, in my ex-husband that wasn't just... Um, healing the infidelity, um, but that everything else that had been wrong was also going to be healed. Mm. Um, and it was hard to rest in that decision because that was what God had told me. And nobody, uh, my family, um, friends that knew, did not were like, "Hey, you know, you don't deserve this." And I appreciate that they were so like wanting me to be treated right. Right. But I knew that God was asking me to get counseling and do everything possible that I could do. Um, and then He did the re- He took care of the rest later. Um, and so as far as making decisions, it's like just trusting that God's going to answer you and lead you in the uh, right direction. And I have no doubt that it was it was the right direction. Um, now, I don't think, like I said earlier, I don't think that's, it's different situation to situation, especially when you're talking about marriage and divorce. It's a very serious thing. And yeah, it's, yeah. Um, just a side note, I love that you're allowing a conversation like this because I feel like divorce is not something talked about in church at all. Yeah. You know, there's divorce care, but it's people don't have open conversations yeah. about the D word, you know, like right. it's just not the realness uh, of it, like the, the rawness of it, of it, you know, and, and looking at it from case to case because, you know, people think it's, they just don't want to go there. You mm-hmm. know, they don't want to, it's too oh, gray area, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, for sure. So, um, but yeah, as far as making decisions, just trusting that God's going to show up in those tough, tough moments and just never walk. Um, when you're trying to, when you're facing decisions, never walk where the peace of God isn't. Mm-hmm. Um, as hard as it was to move forward with the divorce, um, there was so much peace. I, you know, people were like, oh, well, wasn't that hard when, you know, when you finally went through the divorce? I'm like, actually, that was the easy part. Like yeah. the, the time leading up to that, where I was going through counseling and, and things, that was the hard part. Yeah. You know, heavy. it was heavy. It yeah. was really heavy and not, it was so, I was so unsure of, of the direction God was taking my life. Um, mm. but he showed up yeah. and I, I, like I said, I was at the end of my rope, so I hadn't, I had nothing to cling to but God and trust in his decision and, um, and just always listening. And I think that's yeah. decision making, always listening, always being so available. cliche, but like there's always a message in the mess, right? Yeah. Always. Yeah. Always. Thank you again for being so open. Um, there's no doubt in my mind, you know, everyone wants to have like a healthy, stable, fulfilling, romantic relationship, you know, romantic, fulfilling marriage. Um, so let's talk about what you have to do before then. Mm-hmm. So you can, you know, fulfill that in your life. You know, first off, I'd, I'd like to hear what does a relationship look like that is healthy and flourishing? Yeah. Um, and then what can we do to cultivate you know, these healthy, growing relationships in our lives. Sure, yeah. I'd say um, the main passage, as I've, since I've been divorced, I've really been diving in, because I do, I do want a, a marriage someday that reflects the heart of God and that is anointed by Him and that we can do His work um, together. So the passage that God really has laid on my heart um, as I've been diving into what a godly marriage looks like is Genesis 1:26, um, the very, very beginning. You know, God created light. He created water. He created, you know, we go through and he, we see all the things that he did on the first five days. But in Genesis 1, 26, it's the sixth day. And this is the first mention where God talks about humans, talks about man. Mm-hmm. In the very first time in the Bible that he talks about the creation of humanity, he actually talks about um, marriage. And I'll, and I'll kind of show you guys and unpack that. So Genesis 1, 26, I'll just read it. Then God said, let us, that us is important, make human beings, that's also plural, beings, in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals on the earth, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. So God created human beings. And then it goes on, Genesis 1:27. So God created human beings in his own image, in the image of God. He created them, male and female, he created them. So I think... You know, if you're a student of the Bible, or even, you don't even have to really have read the Bible a lot, but we know that in Genesis, usually if you come to church, 
um, you hear about the creation of the world and creation of man. Like we're like, okay, God created Adam, God created Eve. Pretty straightforward, simple. But if you really look at this passage, God in, in Genesis one twenty six, He said, "Let us." Well, who's us? Mm. And that's referring to the Holy Trinity: God the Father, mm. God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And He says, "Let us." make human beings so he's talking about man and woman in that and he says in our image so that first statement about man in the entire bible was god's heart man and woman were meant to reflect not just god but the holy trinity but what i believe god has revealed to 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 me is just that he marriage is meant to reflect the holy trinity you know if as an individual, as a single person, you know, we strive to be like Jesus. That's common with our faith. We, we've heard that we should be like Jesus. We should be like Jesus. Well, what happens when you're unified? You know, I, and I'm, you can't really have a godly marriage without God in the middle. And that's three entities, the husband, the wife, and God. And if you have a godly marriage and a healthy marriage and, and the type of marriage that I believe God wants everyone to have, is if you're called to marriage, let me say that, not everyone is, that's a, could be a whole nother conversation, mm. but if you're called to marriage, the type of marriage that I believe God wants us to have is one that reflects the Holy Trinity. Um, so the first thing I can see from this passage is marriage, reflect the Holy Trinity, and then two, have a God-given purpose. So the very, in the very next statement, he says, they will reign, and he gives a list. So he gives their identity, reflecting the Holy Spirit, and then he gives them their calling, which is... Within the marriage. Within the marriage. He says they will reign. So there, it's a partnership there immediately. Um, and, and you could say, oh, well, this is before sin entered the world. Yes, I understand that. Um, so no marriage is perfect. We have sin that's a part of it. This is still the heart of God. This is mm-hmm. still what he desires for us. Um, and Jesus has come to redeem the world. So we can still strive for this and yeah. by inviting God into any relationship that we have that we, you know, if you're dating, that you want it to lead to marriage, um, then you can have, I, I believe you can have this type of marriage that reflects the Holy Trinity. Um, and I, you know, why would God create marriage? You know, like if individuals, if, if our calling is to, if we're single, to reflect the heart of Jesus, well, we can do that without being married. Yeah. Um, but something that the world, that's a little um, hard for the world to understand is the Holy Trinity. I've met Christians that it's hard to understand. Yeah, it's such the a three topic that's like, it is so, every, you know, every time we talk about it, it's yeah. like, oh, I don't know. The three-in-one concept is really confusing um, for, for non-believers and believers yeah. alike. So it's amazing to me that God created marriage not only for companionship and for our pleasure, mm-hmm. but to reflect that tra- and help. Ex- yeah. It's a beautiful illustration of the Trinity itself. So true. You know, we understand, we can understand through physical intimacy, how a man and wife can be one. Then if you invite God into the picture, you can clearly see, and I think how it, it could, a marriage can be three in one. And so, and I think this scripture backs up that purpose of marriage. So, and, and so what does it look like? Um, I would just say that I like to call this marriage on mission. Um, when you kind of wrap all that up, um, the Holy Trinity reflecting that and having a purpose for your marriage. I call it marriage, marriage on mission. Marriage on mission. Marriage on mission. That's yeah. good. Um, and, you know, even if you're not a believer, why? I think most people, they, if they desire to be married, they want their marriage to have a greater purpose, right? Of course, yeah. They want things out of that. There's something in common we all share, whether yeah. we're like believers or not, we still want... We want know, a healthy marriage yeah. of some sort that has purpose. Yeah. You know, you don't... I mean, and most people, it's like, well, I get married too because it's convenient or happy. Well, that's still a purpose. Yeah. You still... Yeah. Um, but a godly marriage, um, I think, I really, whenever I've counseled people or that are in relationships or even myself, when I look at relationships, I kind of just ask myself three questions that kind of have come out of looking at this particular passage and understanding um, the role of marriage and the purpose of marriage. And that's just, you know, are you running after Christ together? Like if you're, you know, you can be friends with the opposite sex, but are they, you know, off doing their own thing and you're trying to date them and they're not in church and you're running after Christ and you're slowing down your race to stay in pace with them. Mm. And is that, 
healthy? Um, or are you running after Christ together? Are you side by side, you know, and, and, and really on the same page with your walk with Christ? And, or are they running way ahead of you and you're slowing them down? You know, like Paul talks about how Christianity and this life is a race and um, we have having endurance with it. And so, I mean, for me personally, I, if I get married, I want a partner that is running with me so that if mm-hmm. I fall, they can pick me up. They're right there in mm-hmm. step with me. So I've just asked um, friends that I know, like, are you guys running after Christ together? And if you can say yes, I think that's it. You're on a great route. Like, mm-hmm. it's a great first step. Um, and then second would be, are you sharpening one another? Yeah, um, I love that. I love yeah, that. Iron sharpens iron. That's in our word and or in God's word. And because, um, like, I don't. Again, personally, I don't want to be in a marriage where I'm not getting better. Yeah. I, I want um, my future husband to be pushing me towards Christ mm-hmm. um, and challenging me to be the best that I can be for God. Um, and I think if you're not willing to do that for one another, it's like, well, what is the purpose of your marriage? Um, which kind of leads into the last question I ask is, are you better together? Is there fruit from your marriage? Because as I had said earlier, I believe in Genesis 126, it says, you know, God gave them a purpose. And if you're married or in a relationship and there's nothing really in the overflow of, you know, no fruit or anything coming from you're all being together, then why are you together? Yeah. You know, because yeah. then I would go back and say, well, if there's no fruit, then you're probably not sharpening one another, and then you're probably not running together. And then so, there's no purpose. Right. And so why why, why are you right. in that relationship? Right. You know? Um, yeah. And now I don't, this this isn't, oh, if I, I said no to one of those yeah, questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, don't go end your marriage or break up or anything like that. I'm not saying that, but I think these are good guidelines um, if you are single and looking for a spouse or if you are married to just kind of, you know, sit down with your spouse and communicate. And cause you know, it's always, it's all, we can always improve and nothing's going to be perfect. There's not going to be any perfect relationship where it's like, we're doing all these things perfectly all the time, mm-hmm. but I think it's things to aim for. Yeah. Um, and, and just a standard to set, you know, especially for people who are dating. Yeah. A good standard to set for sure. <laughs> and yeah, definitely as we're dating, we can ask these questions and then that will like move us into the next step, which would be marriage like organically, yeah. right? Like it just makes sense, you right. know? And if you're not, these are things that we can talk about to start to move in that direction right. and see if it will work or it won't work or whatever. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I love, the, I love the guidelines. Well, and so it's funny, um, so many people um, that I've, I've met. It's like, oh, well, they're Christian. They're Christian. Y'all are good. And it's like, oh. uh-huh. <laughs> and I see a lot of people that are dating in the church. And it's like, oh, they go to my church. It's, you know, well, we're getting married now. And it's like, well, that's not everything. You know, yeah. you, they might, God might have them on a different path that he doesn't, you know, just because they fit that, you can check off that box. I still think, um, digging deeper and looking into these specific areas. Um, cause I've met people who I'm like, oh, okay, well, they'd be a great fit for as a husband, but they're running in, you know, we might be running like our own races towards God, but they're running in a totally different direction. God mm-hmm. is taking them in a totally different mm-hmm. direction. So I think even as you're looking at these questions, you know, invite God into those as well. Um, and, and don't just try to make people fit within these boxes and relationships fit within boxes just because you can kind of check off. Um, certain lists that I think that's good church can give us sometimes yeah for sure both Christian dating and yeah that actually brings up another topic I wanted to to bring into the conversation um so definitely you know we'll talk I'll, I'll generalize and say Christians but like around our age group you know you see a lot of young adults meeting someone and then getting married very quickly yeah you know, that's a conversation that interests me a lot or something that I want your two cents on. And then you see people waiting years to like get to know each other. And really, if, if this is, you know, going to mm-hmm. work, what, what's your two cents on that? And I know like, I'm not saying one is right and one is right. wrong, right? There's like, I know there's successful marriages in like both instances, mm-hmm. right? Um, but I'd love to hear your thoughts on the topic as far as like the timeline. Sure. Yeah. Um, 
it is very common <laughs> in the church world. It seems that, um, you know, you graduate college or you're in college and it's like, man, they've been dating three weeks and they're engaged. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, wow. Um, it's so, it's so like, um, let's see. And there's jokes about it. Yeah, they're so rewarding or uh, rewarding is the wrong word, but it's so like, um, amazing to say like, she, I knew it. Yeah. I, I knew it right when yeah. I saw her. Right. But you know, I, I, yeah, it is. It is. Are we fulfilling these things that we're talking about before right. you know we make that commitment? Unfortunately, I think, and I'm generalizing here, so I'm not. Yeah, yeah. I'm not trying to generalize, but it is um, just from my perspective. It seems like a lot of um, people in the church or Christians they do get married young because they're trying to to live their relationship right and they want to have sex. Like that's and that there's nothing wrong with that. That's a gift from God, but. Um, they're like, well, I want to have sex, but I want to do it right, so we'll just get married. Yeah. And, you know, the church teaches that that's the right way to do it, but you're still tying yourself to somebody for the rest of your life. Yeah. And I think that we do need to slow down a little bit. Um, now, I think there are some relationships um, that when you know, you know, mm-hmm. um, and everyone's walk it with God is different. Um, I think it depends on your level of maturity and the wisdom God has given. You Very know. good. Um, that there are some people who might have already thought of these things and they know when they meet. And I, I love that. I love seeing that. Cause then it's like, why wait, you know, spend your life together, you know, get going on the mission that God has for you guys yeah, so good, um, for sure. as a unified couple. But I do think it is common that young adults get married. Cause like I said, they, they want to um, sleep together and they want to do it right. Mm-hmm. Um, and to that, I think that's just not a good reason to get married. I think, it, you know, yes, if you're struggling with that, you know, sit down and talk with a pastor mm. um, and, you know, we'll look into how you can live a pure life and still be on the road to marriage with that individual down the road. But if that's the main reason for getting married, you know, I would, I don't know, I, I question that. Yeah, you know? yeah. It's um, like, is, are you, is it just a rationalization? Right. You know? And I think, you know, um, I think that God will honor, you know, when, when couple, if that is a reason um, that two young Christians get married um, because they are trying to live honorably. I think God will honor that type of marriage. Yeah. I don't, I, but I think they're setting themselves up to face some hardships. Right. Whereas if you're really preparing your heart for more than just that, um, you know, and really analyzing where you're at in life, you know, you, you might <laughs> save yourself some, yeah. some hardships later. Um, I don't know. So I don't, I think it's situational. I don't think there's a right or a wrong. For sure. For sure. You said something just now that caught my ear. Uh, you said if you, if you prepare your heart. Yeah. Right. Um, let's dive into like, what is prepare your heart in the season of, of, you know, singleness? Mm -hmm. How do we prepare our hearts for, Mm -hmm. you know, a flourishing, flourishing relationship? Yeah. You know, and how do we do that individually? Yeah. So we step into something. So often in our culture, singleness is like, oh, well, we're we're just we're waiting till till we get till we get married, and then life starts. Mm-hmm. And I fall mm-hmm. into that trap from time to time. But see, uh, the season of singleness is such an active season, and there's no need to sit back. And in a lot of ways, I think it can be more active than the season of marriage. Um, and so for me personally, I'm in this season right now, and um, for the past um, couple of years, I've really been very tried to be proactive. Um, in this time of my life. And I would just say, you know, if you're single and you want a marriage like what we've been talking about, I'd say the first thing, it's really simple and straightforward, but pray. So often um, we're like, I mean, girls maybe more than guys. We're like, <laughs> when we're little, we're like, oh, you know, he'll have this color eyes. He'll look uh-huh. like this. He'll be this tall. He'll be, you know, they think of all, oh, you know, I'll have these colors in my wedding day. I'll have this type of cake. And then Pinterest, of course, doesn't help at all. <laughs> no, it doesn't. <laughs> so doesn't it? we plan all of this <laughs> stuff out. But, um, and, you know, I think a lot of times we're taught, oh, well, pray for your future spouse. And, and you should. That's great. And, you know, we're like, oh, prepare my future spouse's heart to be this, this, and this. And I, I just, I encourage anyone that's doing that. That's great. Keep that up. But stop and say, God, how can you prepare my heart for yeah. my future spouse? And that was something in my prayer time a couple years ago that God just convicted me. I was like, oh, God, prepare my future husband. And stop and, looking out there. Look and he here. was like, why don't, why don't we work on you mm-hmm. and your heart? Like, have so you, good. you know, look, you know, I'm your bridegroom. 
Mm. Prepare your heart to be my bride. Yeah. And so I was like, ooh, okay. You got ooh. me, guy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, and then he started working on things with me. Um, and so I'd say that's step one. If you're in a season of singleness and you've not really been working on that type of um, relationship with God and having those types of conversations with God, start. Mm-hmm. Um, and he will reveal things to you. You know, mm. we are first and foremost um, guys and girls alike, the bride of Christ. Mm. And, you know, he will show us how to be his spouse first. And if we don't know how to be God's spouse, we have no business being anybody else. That's right. <laughs> in my opinion. Yeah. If you, I mean, if you don't desire the kind of marriage we've been talking about, well, okay then. But if you do, you need to learn to be Christ's bride first. Yeah. Um, and then so second is just prepare. And I, praying kind of goes in with the preparation. But I mean, like, just in general, practical things like prepare, like, are you prepared to actually share your space with another person? Like, are there things that you're like, oh, I'm not willing to give up? Because there is going to be sacrifices, you know, um, when you get married. You're going to be literally sharing your life with another human being. Like, you know, have you thought about, okay, well, how will the, who will take care of the money? Who will take, who will do fix dinner? Will it be a shared thing? Who cleans? Who does laundry? Who, you know maybe they're going to be a cat person and I like dogs and I have three dogs, you know, whatever it is, Mm -hmm. like just preparing practical things, like sharing us. I know that seems small, but it's not, it's really not. And just preparing your mind to think, okay, Hey, what do you, what do you really want? Are you, are you willing to sacrifice in these areas, but not these areas? And that'll help you and, and talking with God, like saying, Hey God, like here's, here's my, you know, my list of, I don't think it's wrong to bring to God after he's worked on our heart. I don't think it's wrong to bring God a list of things like, Hey, you know, like I think it would be great to have a spouse that's X, Y, Z. Now he might not give you that Mm -hmm. (laughs) because he knows what we need better than we do, but still bringing those things before God and wrestling through things and preparing your, your, just your mind around that idea of marriage, sharing a space, sharing a life, things you're willing to, um, to sacrifice things that you're not, I think is important. Um, how are you spending your time preparing yourself for, um, your time's going to change too. Like, you know, if you're, maybe you have a great relationship with God going on, you've been praying for your spouse and you get up in the morning, um, you know, 30 minutes before you have to start getting ready and you're having your God time. Well, what is that going to look like when you're married? You know, are you guys going to get up together? And so I just like to call that step just overall general preparedness over the practical things, um, mm-hmm. what life could look like. Um, and like I said, God can throw all that out the window, but just thinking about it, I think is healthy. Um, and then the last thing I would just say, um, if you're in a season of singleness is to just be intentional and be available. Like if you're in really, really introverted and you sit at home all the time and you're like, Oh God, I'm just going to bring my spouse to my front mm-hmm. door. I mean, that could happen, but are you putting yourself in spaces where you're attracting the kind of spouse that you have been talking with God about Mm -hmm. and praying for? If you're going to bars on Friday nights, you're probably not going to attract someone who you can build a godly marriage with. And then you'll go home frustrated. You're like, well, God, why aren't you bringing this? Mm -hmm. Well, that's where you're spending your time. Yeah, it's you like know? it's like we're, we need to take action, but like practical action. Think about it. Yeah, yeah. like are you intentional action? Right. So just being intentional and thinking about where you're spending your time, where you're available at to for God to bring this person into your life. Um, for for guys, I think you know it's it's unfortunate that we live in a culture that is so um, screen based mm-hmm. and every nothing is personal one on one conversations anymore. And so I think just being intentional with that too. Like, you know, guys, like, call her mm. and, and and ask her to go spend some one-on-one time together. Put your phones down. Um, you know, that's how you build these relationships. And I think just intentionality when even if you have met somebody and building that and just really fully being available for God to bless you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it comes to mind, like, the story of Gideon. You know, God turned him into a warrior. Um, what was he doing, though? He was working. He was in the field. He was available. He was doing what he'd been called to do in that moment yeah. and was available for God to use him. And I think a lot of the characters in the Bible are doing that. And so I don't. we shouldn't separate dating any different than anything else. You know, mm-hmm. Just like we want God to bless other areas of our life, 
we want him to bless us in this, be available for him to bless you. If you're not doing what you should be, if you're out, you know, not living a pure life, then chances are God's not going to bring that person into your life and bless you. So just being, like I said, intentional and available, um, be intentional with your time and available for God to bless you. Yeah, and just being, you know, obedient to God's word Mm -hmm. because, you know, like that's how you fulfill God's promises by right. like being obedient to His word yeah. and what He has to say. And um, yeah, in Psalms it says He withholds no good thing from those who are righteous. Um, and we we're like we tend to cut off that last part. Mm. <laughs> we say, well, God withholds no good thing. <laughs> well, that's true. But what if your spouse is out there and they are a good thing, mm. but he's withholding them from you because you're not a good thing for them? That's so good. You know what I mean? So, so good. I, it, are we ever going to be perfect? No. Yeah. But just that righteousness, I think we can, you could unpack and say, oh, people will be like, oh, I'm not perfect. God's not going to bless me. No, it's, it's not about that. It's just having an active relationship with God and just listening. Yeah. I, I mean, I mess up every day. We all do. Um, but just doing our best to walk where he's leading, I think is really what, you know, that term righteous really means just living by the spirit. And if you're doing that, then he won't withhold any good thing. And marriage is a good thing. If you feel called to that, um, then no, he won't withhold your spouse from you. Mm -hmm. I really believe that. Um, and if he is, then he just, there's things that he wants to do in you or in them first. Yeah. And like. You know, there, there's power in accepting that, you know, accepting the season that you're in and not being forceful or like, you know, paddling against the river almost. Yeah, well, in our know? culture that, you know, is all about, you know, here and now. Like, I get on Facebook and, I mean, I'm 31 and I get on Facebook and I'm like, all my friends are married, having babies. And I'm like, so oh easy. my gosh, yeah. like, why is it so easy for them? Like, I know what they've been doing and I know what they did before they were married. Like, why? And God's just like, what, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Like... No, there's no time frame. I'm like, well, God, but you know, like, what if I'm in my late 30s before I meet somebody and I can't have children? He's like, I'm God. Like, <laughs> why are, are you, you questioning? Me? Yeah, you like, questioning I've gotten me? you this far, and yeah. um, like, some days are better than others. Yeah. But um, just focusing on your walk and your yeah. season. If you're single, it's hard, but one day at a time. I want to dive back a little bit to uh, you know your story. Yeah. Um, I want to bring up. You said something about. Um, your ex-husband mm-hmm. you mentioned you saw his potential mm-hmm. but you really didn't see who he was mm-hmm. like personally or you know that's very interesting for me at the, like this season mm-hmm. of my life like the potential versus the practical side of things right. um, I, I would love for you to just like talk about the, the difference between the two like mm-hmm. the potential that one holds or maybe a relationship holds or you know potential versus seeing the reality of things right so you're saying like um the potential of who they could be yeah being in a relationship with them is that yeah more more so less the relationship and more just seeing seeing the potential of one individual and then also but then succumbing to like that's not the reality of things yeah yeah um I would first say, like, we got to guard our hearts. Yeah. You know, we're not God. Um, yes, Jesus lives in us, and we can shine light on other people. Um, in that season of my life, though, I wasn't doing that. I wasn't able to do that. My faith wasn't strong enough. Even if it had been, I should have never entered a relationship with him. Mm. That was going my own way, you know. Um, if we meet somebody and we're like, oh, well, they have the potential to be a great person, but they're not right now. Well, you probably still shouldn't date them mm-hmm. because then you're letting down your guard. You're opening up your heart to be hurt. By all means, be their friend and with guard, while guarding your heart, keeping that boundary in place. You know, Invite them to church. Do church things with them. If that potential to um, and this calling to be something you know that something great for God, you know, we, that's our marriage and relationship aside, we should definitely get them in church. And that's, that's the main commit. That's the great commission, Mm. you know, is helping others, um, find Jesus and, um, live up and live this free life, abundant life that he has for them. But you don't have a relationship with that person at Mm -hmm. that time. Now, if 
they experience radical transformation and, um, you know, through prayer and they start fulfilling these other things that we've talked about, then yeah, if God kind of is leading you and there's peace about it, then maybe enter a relationship down the road. But, Mm -hmm. um, for me personally, looking back, I should have never entered a relationship with that person. Um, friendship, maybe, um, it's hard because for me, he was like a, a, a wolf in sheep's clothing. Mm-hmm. So this, you know, was all the Christian things um, to the public eye, and but behind closed doors was very different. So, and that goes back to knowing God. So it was very, conf- it was disillusioning and confusing for me because I'm like, okay, well, wait a minute. He seems to know more about God than I do. Knows the Bible really well. You know, had he had a religious studies degree. So maybe my idea mm-hmm. maybe I'm wrong yeah and so regardless of where he was at and the potential he had I had no business being in a relationship period because yeah. I didn't know God yeah and so it was so easy just like Satan you know twisted the words of God um, when he was speaking to even the garden it 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 sounded almost right uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. and that's and so I fell for it yeah and that's the importance of knowing God knowing his word because uh-huh. then if I had, I wouldn't have be like, wait, that, no, that's not right, you know. And I've been able to stand strong in my convictions, and and wouldn't have gone down this destructive path. Um, but yeah, if there's if any single people meet another person, they're like, oh man, they're not a Christian yet, or they don't really believe in God, but man, they're so nice, and that's fine. Be their friend, you know. Um, take them out to dinner, you know. Have do group things, group activities. Put yourself in a public setting. Yeah. Um, that's so important. Just have those boundaries in place because, and that's not to limit your fun. That's simply to just guard your heart and keep you from hurt. Yeah. Um, it's nothing against that person. You're not judging them by not being in a relationship with them. It's just God has something more for you. And you are kind of, if you in a relationship with somebody like that, you are kind of standing in God's way mm. to let God work, yeah. you know, because you're putting your own motive, your own desires um, to the forefront versus mm-hmm. letting God use you how he wants to and being guided by his spirit. So, um, and I've done that before. I've dated out of pure motive or out of impure motive and God's not able to do what he wants when our hearts aren't right. You know, I mean, I think I'm like, Oh, well, I'm doing the godly thing. I'm being a light to them by being around them. And, well, that, no, it was selfish ambition. The mm. reason that I did it. And, um, so yeah, by all means, like, Call out that potential in people. Help mm-hmm. them. Don't date them. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So good. It's hard. But. So, last question. We'll start to yeah. round up here. Um, so, I'm interested in the different, like, in the, you know, there's a lot of things going around right now. It's like, we need to be a whole human alone. Like, mm-hmm. we need to be wholehearted ourselves. Mm-hmm. We need to be, like, one entering a relationship they need to be one yeah. entering a relationship and that's how you feel like the holy trinity right of marriages. yeah i love that um so you know we all ma- majority of us you know go through traumatic experiences or things that alter or that we need to consistently work on and heal from mm-hmm. um so <laughs> this is a very uh, maybe general or vague but how do you know when like yeah, the difference between like entering a relationship when you're not ready or almost like uh, self-sabotaging yourself like I'm not, I'm not ready yet I'm not healed or like I'm still working on things and just continuing to go like I'm not a whole person and I does that make sense yeah so you're asking um, how do you know when you're ready yeah if you're if you're like really whole and really healed yeah. or if like Satan tries to know you're not and now you're not yeah are you like self sabotaging yourself like I'm not healed yet I still gotta work on myself or like I'm okay you know I have the capacity to, to do this or mm-hmm. you know uh, I think it's just situation I don't think there's one blanket answer for every person I think that's boils down to your individual relationship with God and what is he telling you mm-hmm. you know um a couple of years ago, I thought I was fully ready. And, and then there's been other things that he's revealed to me since then. I'm like, oh, well, maybe, maybe I'm not. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the main thing to know is that you're never going to be perfect in this life. 
um, yes, God will sanctify us and make us more in his image as we um, follow after him um, and we can be led by his spirit and um, live righteously through that. And he can make us whole, but that don't equate that with perfect. Mm. Um, mm. You know, a couple years ago, I, there were still things that would trigger me that my ex would do. And then if I met somebody that I was like, whoa, you know, and mm. my, the way I reacted was not healthy. Um, and so I think just asking the first step, I would just say, you know, if you're, if you're not sure, just take it to God and say, Hey, can you reveal any blind spots? Like, I think I'm ready. Um, I think I'm whole. I think I'm healed. Is there anything I'm missing? Mm. Just ask him, yeah, are there so any good. blind spots? Um, and then ask God to reveal them and help you work through them. Um, but you don't have to be perfect, I think, to enter into a relationship. And if, and I think, you know, if you are, you know, wanting to enter into a relationship and there are things that have happened in your past and that you're healing from, I think being open with that person that you're wanting to enter a relationship from or want to enter a relationship with, um, explain things from your past. Um, you know, again, guard your heart, but as they've, as they earn a place in your life and earn your trust, I think just being honest about, Hey, like this triggers me. If this happens again, you know, if if something happens and I'm triggered, like tell me, Mm -hmm. um, I don't think that that's, I mean, I've told friends, um, before I'm like, Hey, like this is why I react the way I do. Um, you know, just, yes, I feel I'm healed from my divorce, but I haven't forgotten about it. Mm -hmm. There's still things that will, will, I think I'll always, you know, struggle with um but i don't think that doesn't mean i'm not whole Mm -hmm. um so i think it's just yeah i think you gotta ask god really i i I don't think there's like a blanket say oh well when you get to this point yeah you're whole like i think it's just asking god like it's continually you know what i got from when you're speaking just the the continual act just being completely honest Mm -hmm. and open while still guarding your heart Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely just not being uh afraid of your truth yeah you know and we really don't really need to let down your guard until you're you're married that person Mm -hmm. you know that's the beautiful part of marriage is just once you are married then you can let down your guard completely you know god talks about how they were adam and eve were naked in the garden they felt no shame and you know i think and naked in that sense is more than just physically um it's emotionally spiritually everything and so you know I think just guarding your heart, but being as real as you can and, um, yeah, looking forward to the day when you can be married and be completely just fully yourself with with another human being. It's, it's a beautiful gift from God. Well, there it is. Relationships are such a huge part of our lives and easily one of the most important things to be intentional on creating and cultivating. Thank you, Ashley, for being open and transparent about your walk with relationships so far. I know others have received guidance because of your wisdom in this area. Next week, I have a conversation with the man, Michael Griffin, about his personal walk with faith and how he landed himself in the middle of a truly blessed life. A successful business owner, a new loyal husband, and a key player in the expansion of a new and exploding church in South Florida. It was so nice to sit down with him and really understand what Michael's values are and some pivotal moments and realizations he had throughout his early 20s. I'm really excited to share this one with you guys. If you haven't yet, go ahead and subscribe on your favorite platform so I can send it to you when I release it. This is your host, Austin, with Convos with God. And as always, thanks for listening. That's it for now. Continue to stay calm, have faith, listen to God's word, and the rest will fall into place.